Welcome to Head of the Class, a podcast produced by Our Schools USA. We are Christina Gagne, the former school board member, and Christy Hurst, a former teacher and current public school parent. Tied to the new far-right Christian nationalist majority school boards that we have seen crop up across the country is an interesting and disturbing trend. A cottage industry of far-right consultants to meet these board members' every need in perpetrating their far-right agendas. These consultants are coming into districts and introducing a variety of things. They're removing superintendents. They're creating training, such as anti-critical race theory trainings that are mandatory for teachers. They're overhauling curriculum, even when there's not any need in the district to update the curriculum whatsoever. And they're hiring law firms who fight for air quotes, religious values, and what they pretend are constitutional rights in our public schools. One example of these types of consultants who are now proposing changes to curriculum in one Pennsylvania school district is Vermilion Consulting, which is led by Jordan Adams. Now, if you're familiar with, say, old school curriculum vendors in public education, there are probably some names you recognize, um, but we would venture a guess that Vermilion is not one of them. Uh, We think it's best to let local parents fill you in on what is happening, who they are, and what's going on. So today we have joining us um, Laura Foster, Adrian King, and Lauren Bradley from the Ridge Network, based out of Penridge, Pennsylvania. The Ridge Network, who you can find on Instagram at Ridge Network, is a group of engaged students, parents, and community members who are dedicated to illuminating the issues impacting students and teachers in the Penridge School District. Their primary goals are to defend all students' rights to a safe and welcoming learning environment, guard against threats to fair and balanced curricula, and encourage respectful community engagement. Ridge Network, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having Mm -hmm. us. Thank you. So first, we're going to have you take us back in time because we believe it's important for our parents and community members who are listening to this podcast to truly understand how these far right extreme issues and policies start in our public schools in the first place. So how did this curriculum matter emerge in Penn Ridge Public Schools? So I I would almost take it back to a certain presidency in 2016. Um, where that presidency emboldened a lot of people in this school district um, to take actions and to just say things that um, were anti-LGBTQ, anti-Black and Brown students, um, and pro-Christian nationalism in our school district. And so if I fast forward from there to, to covid COVID, the time over COVID and social unrest after George Floyd's murder, to me, is where everything started to explode, Um, where I can look back now and trace back to now that I hear organizations like Moms for Liberty um, and some of what we're hearing coming from Jordan Adams, I can think back and connect it to a lot of the rhetoric that we were hearing then. That's when we started to see um, you know, the, the district start to pull back on a lot of the training and things that they were doing with teachers around supporting our LGBTQ plus students and our black and brown students and just ensuring that we had an inclusive environment in the school and also an examination of the curriculum where we started to hear that conversation start to come up in our school board meetings where parents started to come into meetings once we started having in-person meetings again 
and asking for their parental rights to be able to review and dig into books in our libraries and the curriculum that was being taught in the schools. And so if we fast forward to today, where now we have this consultant, Jordan Adams, who is leading Vermilion Education, what those parents were doing then is directly linked to what we are seeing Jordan come in and do now. They just have an organization now instead of parents who are doing it. And when I think about what we heard from those parents and what we're hearing from them now was parents shouldn't have to do this stuff, right? We shouldn't have to dig into curriculum. And so what they've done, they've just created an organization, Vermilion Education, that is now doing this for them. And they're funneling money through this organization, using taxpayer dollars to do this, to look at our curriculum and basically turn it over from the welcoming and inclusive curriculum that it needs to be for public school into something that is building their idea of bringing, of destroying public education and turning it into a charter school. Well, it's interesting. um, You know, you said some things that sound eerily familiar. Uh, I was a school board member uh, up until 2022 and exactly what you just said about parents just sort of started showing up and making demands around curriculum and books and under the banner of parent rights. I mean, the exact same thing was happening in our school district. So I just wanted to take a moment to highlight for our listeners, you know, this is happening on, you know, polar opposite ends of the country, the same thing. The parents were saying the same thing. They were coming in and focusing on the same thing. And that is because, and you mentioned them already, Moms for Liberty was pushing and is pushing this top-down message. So you all have a front row seat. And so we want to hear how you would answer the following question from your own point of view. Who is Vermillion and who is Jordan Adams? That's a that's a really good question. Um, You know, I think through the the process of being a parent in the the district and, and seeing what's been happening with our school board, we've had to dig into this, right? So we, you know, probably know more about Jordan Adams and Vermillion than than any person would like to know because of what's been happening in our district. So yeah, Jordan Adams, um, he is, let's, let's start with him. I, I think like that the best way to encapsulate what he is and what Vermillion is, is that they are this, this place that is looking to dismantle public education, right? So Jordan Adams is basically like an agent of indoctrination. He's a, he's a graduate of Hillsdale College, and you have to have a conversation about Hillsdale if you're going to talk about this. So Hillsdale College is an alt-right Christian fundamentalist college, and they have this part, this like kind of like outreach part, where they are trying to get into the public schools. They've started their own charter schools. Getting into the public schools is vermilion. So Jordan Adams graduated from there. He was a part of writing the 1776 curriculum, which is Hillsdale curriculum. And that curriculum is coming from President Trump's 1776 commission. So the president of Hillsdale College, his name is Larry Arn, was a part of the 1776 commission. And Jordan Adams has taken the foundation of this fundamentalist um, college and put it into curriculum. So he is definitely has a part in writing the 1776 curriculum. So they take this information and they um, work with the, the the public schools. So it's important to know that you, part of this mix, part of this like ha- like 
ugly storm of how things come together is school boards. So if you have, if you have a school board that is willing to stand up and provide a safe place for kids to learn, likely the stuff isn't going to pass. Unfortunately, we have a school board that is more interested in pushing their political agenda than it is about caring for our children. So the school board, um, is the one that has reached out to Vermillion, uh, and has, uh, contracted with them to have this curriculum now be a part of our public schools education, right? So there's, there's a lot to dig into with the, with the curriculums. I can certainly talk a little bit about the, the curriculum, but I think it's important for people to know that this is a part of a national picture. Like this was happening in Sarasota. This is happening in Tennessee. Mm -hmm. This is a place where most school districts have this, um, get, have the, the space where they, they could be involved in it, right? So it's not just this like very, uh, like weird school district, like all this stuff is happening. Like it's happening across the, the nation. So it's, I, I would say to, to sum up about what Vermilion is, Vermilion is just, uh, it's, it's a very new consulting firm right now. I think it's about eight months old when they contracted with our school district. They're about four months old and, this um is uh funded uh is how the, the whole place thing started is through contracting with us like we are the first public education uh school board that has contracted with vermilion so now we are the basically the vermilion experiment we are the hillsdale experiment and our children are at risk now because of this yeah, and I think it's a really important point you make that you're not some weird district that's doing this, that everyone needs to really pay attention to what's happening because there are many districts on the cusp of this coming there, many. And other districts are seeing other sorts of infiltrations into their curriculum, but um, your expertise is wonderful Then everyone should be paying attention to it because it definitely, you are not the only district that's going to be dealing with this. Right. Yeah, and I think, and I also want to point out, you know, having been on a school board um, that, you know, adopting curriculum and hiring consultants, generally, um, you know, you are looking for vendors with a, you know, breadth of expertise. I mean, in a normal school board environment, I will say in the same days prior to a certain president and prior to the last two election cycles, you know, you take a lot of time to vet your vendors and you do not bring people in who don't have references and other clients and, you know, basically a roster of things they can say to you, this is what we will do as a vendor, as a consultant. And so this is very odd. Um, so just from a perspective of investing taxpayer dollars, from adopting curriculum, from hiring someone, school districts generally, um, again, and this is, you know, I say generally because of what's happening these days, do spend a lot of time vetting vendors and then the board has to approve, you know, when these vendors get hired and the board has oversight along with the superintendent, what these vendors do. So what has happened since this consulting firm Vermillion was hired? Yeah, there's a, there's a place where, um, since there has officially been hired, where there's been a, a lot of secret meetings between our school board members and Jordan Adams the, the meetings that have taken place are ones that are around directing curriculum. They've excluded teachers from this process and did not bring in the curriculum supervisors until after they've had a, a couple of meetings together. So in essence, we have uh, two school board members. We have, they have, they have like people with like ties to Moms for Liberty 
And Jordan Adams, who was a speaker at the Moms for Liberty conference um, in this summer, writing our curriculum and excluding our teachers. So they come in and Jordan Adams comes in and they start writing this curriculum in the, the, the space of them trying to push through what they want. They tell our curriculum supervisors that they don't have a job, that they're going to remove their their positions and put them in other okay. uh, other positions in the district. So it's a scare tactic. And the community's outraged. And we're like, we need these curriculum supervisors. The teachers are outraged. We're like, this is how we align vertically and horizontally with curriculum. Mm-hmm. This is how we become like the, the great district that is holding uh, the, the truths of our history together. So our school board says, well, okay, we will we'll pause that. But there's this threat, right? And there's a constant threat to the teachers that, you know, like, why are you speaking at school board meetings? Like these little like kind of digs that are coming in through, um, you know, the, the school board to the place where at our last school board meeting, our school board director directly is accusing the teachers of not taking time to write curriculum, which is why they had to bring the consulting firm in. Mm-hmm. Mind you, they told oh. the teachers to pause writing curriculum. So, and so they told them to pause so that they can bring in this guy, uh, Jordan Adams, to write it. Another interesting caveat to this is that he's actually not qualified in the state of Pennsylvania to, <laughs> to write curriculum. Oh so there's going to be standards oh where you have to be, um, I forget what it is, but you have to be like certified as um, uh, like with a principal or supervisor's mm-hmm. certification. Mm-hmm. He was asked at a school board meeting, do you have the certification? He said no. And they said he's not writing curriculum. Our last school board meeting, he's writing curriculum. His name is the author of the curriculum. Our supervisors are saying that oh he is God. the one that wrote the curriculum. Oh my gosh. Right. Uh, as a teacher, this is just like making my stomach turn and cringe. I like mm-hmm. that's all teachers. I mean, teachers are your experts in curriculum. Right. And I'd like to think about these, this outside person who has no experience and who is not qualified to come in and rewrite your curriculum with the view of this extremist organization. Like, I, I have to imagine it's weighing heavily on your teachers. And, um, oh, my gosh, it's insane. So what let's look, let's talk about the curriculum being proposed in this breath. Why are, why are parents? And it seems to us, the majority of parents unhappy with this new curriculum being proposed. Yeah, that, that's a great question. You're, you're right. I mean, our, our community is a hundred percent against this, uh, curriculum and it comes, it's across the board. I mean, it doesn't matter where you lie on the political spectrum. Um, and it really just comes down to knowing that it's just not what's best for the kids. And most parents want their kids to be prepared for the world on the other side of graduation. And they know that a fair curriculum is the way to get there. So, um, but we're hearing it overwhelmingly from our community, whether it's, you know, at the school board meetings, on the sidelines of sports, on social media. I mean, they've even, you know, we've written letters to the editor and it's the community has about, about what's going on. But I mean, the main issue with the curriculum is clearly the content. Um, Vermillion, like Laura said, has leaned heavily on the Hillsdale 1776 curriculum, and they've made it the only required resource for our teachers in the grade level in the grade levels that have been rewritten so far. Um, and Hillsdale 1776 spawned directly from the 1776 Commission, mm-hmm. which, as was mentioned before, too, was um, initiated during the Trump administration. And many mm-hmm. historians have panned that as a political hack job. 
Um, and so the board, the, the, the uh, curriculum that our board's proposing promotes American exceptionalism, which in itself is obviously problematic since it's impossible yeah. to accurately present history when your main focus is glorifying a country. Um, and the American Historical Association has accused Hillsdale of downplaying slavery, the Great Migration, and the Ku Klux Klan. But, I mean, it's hard to get into specifics without, you know, going down a pretty deep rabbit hole. But, I mean, just looking at the curriculum overall, the it's a combination of leading and suggestive questions that they pose to students and then blatant omissions of historical fact and that make it very clear that this is a, a right-wing Christian nationalist focused curriculum and um, with obviously like a heavy bent on um, whitewashing history when they like make suggestions, you know, that systemic racism basically ended with the civil rights movement. So it's, oh. it's crazy, but I mean, you know, it, it's kind of like, what would you expect? Because, you know, the people that wrote this curriculum have yeah. called public education a battleground. So how do you expect a fair and unbiased mindset, you know, or how do you expect them to be fair and unbiased with a mindset like that? So it's just not. Just to clarify, are they rewriting all your curriculum, like ELA, math, or just history? Or how, are they redoing well, everything? Initially, it was initially proposed when Jordan Adams came to um, Penridge that it was going to just be social studies. And okay. then it became very clear that he is definitely, um, you know, reaching into other elements. I mean, he's spending a lot of time in reading and language arts um, oh, and, and, and social studies. So, yeah, it's it, the scope is getting a- broader and broader. Yeah. So it's everything. I mean, I think that's important to note, like for those of us who are parents and teachers in, in the ed system, like that is far reaching and insane. Yeah. Yeah. So, so tell us what's next for the Ridge Network on this issue. Well, I'm going to say that, the, you know, the, we're not going to stop, you know, like as, as long as there are these, um, these places where there are more and more restrictions put on what our children can learn and the uh, environment that is not welcoming to students of color and the, the queer students, like we're here to stay. We're going to, we're definitely working. We have a million like uh, irons in the, in the fire and Lauren could probably speak a little bit better about that, but just to, to speak a little bit more about like the, the bigger space of this. So there's vermilion, right? And we also have this board that has layered policy after policy that does not allow for children to be safe in the school. Let me give you an example. So they put forth a policy uh, in the beginning of, of last year that teachers can't advocate, right? And so what this translates to is that you're no longer allowed to have safe spaces for the queer kids in the school. So you're not mm-hmm. allowed to have rainbow flags. Mm-hmm. You uh, They went classroom by classroom mm-hmm. and pulled anything out that had a rainbow flag on it um, because that was wow. considered air quotes advocacy, right? So they've put in place oh, like policies God. where counselors in the lower grades are not allowed to use any terms associated with LGBTQ. So if a kid is getting bullied, they have to just say things like, oh, well, then they should be kind. Or why don't you focus on other things besides the drama, right? This is policies in our school right now. So it is a culture that is unwelcoming to these children. Right. And, um, I, I can speak for myself. Like my, my kid is, has, is queer and has dealt with some pretty big, um, 
issues around being bullied just based on their, um, like who they love. Right. And so if you, if my kid's dealing with it, I guarantee you there's other kids that are dealing with it. And then you look at like the black, black and brown kids in our, our community, right? Where there's this curriculum that's coming up and being like, ah, yeah, there was slavery, but everything's good now, right? Like that's the sentiment behind it, right? And that teachers can't advocate when, you know, the, the N word is scribbled in the bathroom, you know, they just erase it and say, this, mm-hmm. this is not systemic racism, right? They're to say like, this is an individual issue around bullying, right? Like that stuff lives in our community. And those kids that do those things, they're, they're not, I'm not saying that they're bad kids. I'm saying like, we need to address it. So all of the kids, right? So that like the white kids that are like kind of saying things that are inappropriate, they get a foundation of understanding why it's inappropriate. When you cut stuff like this yeah. out of the curriculum, yeah. when you remove trainings for teachers around this stuff, yeah. it will continue to thrive. So we're here, but um, Lauren, just yeah. a little more about our activities because she's, she's got a good, good list of them. Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, one of the things that I think is really important to us and that we, we've seen is the fact that, you know, our community has come out against this. We are vocal. The people are coming to the school board meetings, but the board, the board doesn't answer to it because they don't have to, you know, they can just push these things through without listening to the community because in their eyes, they feel they've been elected and that's that. But so, you know, one thing that we've, been doing is we've been pushing, you know, our legislators and yeah. and we've written to the governor. I mean, we've started a letter writing campaign to try to get, um, you know, s- some some oversight involved with the way that these school boards, um, when they're this extreme, I mean, just the way they're plowing things through. So that's something that, you know, we're continuing to do and um, an effort that we're that we're, we're you know, pushing forward. So um, that I mean, Adrian, do you have anything you want to add? Yeah, I think you both covered it well. I think the only other aspect is realizing that there are real people, real families, real students that are impacted by what's going on in our district. And so being able to connect with organizations, us as an organization that's able to support them, um, provide resources to them if, you know, they need mental health resources, Mm -hmm. right, because of what in our district, if they need connections with being able to take legal action because of what's going on in our district, right? Us vocally advocating for them any chance that we get so that they know and they feel that they are seen and heard and valued. Um, And so that's something that we will continue to do because as Laura said, this, the, the nature of Penridge over the years has continued to breed this type of environment of non-inclusion um, and develops into a hate. Um, and so the more we take stuff out of the school that, you know, makes people feel welcome and as they belong, the more we're going to continue to breed that environment that's going to target specific students. And we just want to make sure that we are there to support them and their families, because what we are seeing is in addition to our teachers leaving, we have families who are taking their kids out of the district. Yeah. Families who want their children to mm-hmm. be but because of the environment, there's there's families who no longer let their kids go on the bus because the bus is a breeding ground for things happening, right? Or parents who are just taking their putting them outside of the district altogether. And that shouldn't be your answer. That shouldn't be your only answer. If you moved here and you wanted your kid to go to public school, you shouldn't have to take them out because of the environment that's being created by these toxic school boards mm-hmm. and the con- and the curriculum and the things that they're allowing in our school systems. Well said. Well, I want to 
Yes, very well said. And I want to thank you for all the work that you're doing. Um, I think that, and for those people listening, I think it's easy to read articles about school districts and what's happening and say, this isn't my district. Um, and, you know, Christy and I happen to be, you know, at ground zero in a school district in California. And people often say, well, that wouldn't happen in California. But you know, you're saying things that are very eerily familiar to us, me having been on the board and Christy and been a parent uh, in this district. But I'm very clear, it's very easy to read an article and say, that's not me, that's not my district. But the reality is that that wasn't these districts, that wasn't our district in this district a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. And so right. things can change. I want to highlight for our listeners that, you know, when you start to see these far right extremists show up at your board meetings. And even if it's one person and they start saying things about the curriculum or certain books, um, that's sort of the first step. And so it's very important to take those things as warning signs and, you know, get activated as soon as possible. Um, I also want to point out, um, and I, I really appreciate you highlighting this, is that these far right groups and school board members and consultants are experts at gaslighting. They are experts at turning things around on people and trying to tell people that things happened or didn't happen when your lived experience of seeing it and hearing it was the exact opposite. And so the gaslighting is very, it's one of their major strategies and they do it all the time. And I really appreciate that you highlighted your school board doing it because we see school boards across the country that have been taken over by by far right extremists. And they will literally say something that is not the truth. And everyone else who was at a board meeting, for example, or saw something on the internet of a tape, something that happened at a board meeting can say, no, 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 that's exactly what happened. And so I think it's important to point out the gaslighting. Well, again, I want to really thank you for, for joining us today. And We have barely scratched the surface on consultants and vendors who are clearly grifters and drifters. So, you know, please check back because we will have plenty more to share soon. This has been Head of the Class, a podcast produced by Our Schools USA. Once again, we are Christina Gagne, the former school board member. And Christy Hurst, a former teacher and current public school parent. And always remember, don't get mad. Get organized.